Recording from the Sunshine City, St. Petersburg, Florida, overlooking beautiful Tampa Bay, this is the Sonography Lounge, sponsored by Gulf Coast Ultrasound Institute. This podcast is dedicated to medical professionals and patients around the world interested in diagnostic and interventional ultrasound. Our podcast will discuss everything ultrasound, from news, trends, career paths, new technology, and industry updates. Hosted by Lori Green and Tricia Rio of Gulf Coast Ultrasound Institute, they bring over four decades of experience in the ultrasound profession and are here to guide you through this journey. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sonography Lounge, where we talk about everything ultrasound. My name is Lori Green, and I'm here with Trisha Rio, um, where we're going to discuss the five steps to passing your registry exam the first time. Yeah. That is everybody's goal, right? You don't want to spend time taking your registry over and over. But, you know, there are many reasons why a sonographer wants to get their registry credentials. You know, of course, there's the personal accomplishment aspect to demonstrate proficiency after completing either a long-term school or even cross-training into a new specialty area. And there's also the workplace requirement. Many of you are um, having your workplace require you to take the exam or your entire team to be registered. And there's reasons for that, uh, and they're good ones. Uh, They not only want to make sure that you are able to demonstrate proficiency to ensure that you're providing the highest quality of patient care, but there's also potential for liability and or reimbursement issues that um, are tied into whether the exams are performed by a registered sonographer or not. So, you know, the There is reasons why your workplace might be requiring that. Um, And then, of course, there's the obvious reason that once you're registered, you're going to be able to improve your marketability and increase your career opportunities that you may take advantage of. But regardless of your reasons, the task of preparing to successfully take your boards the first time can be quite overwhelming. Yes, it can (laughs) be. You know, our discussion today is designed to help those people looking to take that exam work through the preparation anxiety and establish a five-step process to effectively effectively prepare and pass the exam the first time with the least amount of added stress. You know, we know everybody is so busy, especially right now. You've heard us talk about it on this podcast before, staff, you know, staffing shortages, sonographer burnout. We hear you. We know you're busy between your work, your family, and all of your other personal commitments. So it seems impossible, um, you know, to squeeze in another thing into that busy day. But it's very easy just to come home from work, plop down on the couch, and put all those important things off. But procrastination is our worst enemy. So we're going to give you some effective strategies today that you can use to get through this process and get that registry under your belt and earn that credential. That's why taking the first step in preparing is to establish your goal. So we have to embrace our why. You know, this is a very personal thing. You have to sit down and think about why do I even want to earn this credential? As Lori, you said, it could be a personal goal or it could be a requirement from your employer. Employer, But at the end of the day, it's a goal that you are going to set for yourself and having that why written down and established is going to really help you see that through and establish the next step in this process. So sit down, put it on paper and make a personal commitment to successfully complete your goal. So let's talk a little bit more about that why. You know, I always say... Uh, 
a goal not written down is just a dream. If you don't write it down, it's never going to go anywhere. Because if you're sitting here saying, um, I want to learn how to knit. Well, if you just keep saying, I want to learn how to knit, I want to learn how to knit or so in my case, I really would like to take a sewing class. Well, if you don't actually put action into that, nothing's ever going to come of it. It's going to continue to just be something that you talk about doing rather than doing it. So the first thing you need to do is write down your goal, you know, and then you have to sit down and think about, okay, what do I need to do to achieve this goal? How am I going to get there? And that's where, you know, you start putting together a strategy. So having this stuff written down is really going to help you stay accountable to that goal. So we're going to write down that goal, right, Lori? Absolutely. You have to write it down and put it in a place where you're going to see it every day to remind you, um, because that's just going to re-motivate you because, you know, you have your good days and you got your bad days. And um, when you have a goal that's worthwhile for you to put the effort into accomplishing, if that's there in front of you every day, then you're going to be more likely to take the extra steps that are needed, especially on those days that you're really, really tired to, even if you can't put in a full hour, that maybe you put in even 15 minutes, that that's going to help you get closer and closer to reaching that goal. That's right. And then once you write that goal down, you know, you really need to evaluate your your life, your your you know, your work day, your family, and your other personal commitments and determine um you know, how much time each day can you commit to that? And also you're going to have a deadline. So if you really want to accomplish this goal, you need to give yourself a deadline. So um, that might be a deadline that was given to you by your workplace, or it might be your own personal deadline. And that might have a little bit more flexibility in it. But whatever your deadline is, you want to write that down with your goal as well, because now you have a goal. And you have a date by which you want to accomplish that goal. And you're going to be reminded of it every single day. That's right. And you can break it up into small, measurable portions when you have that goal date. So, you know, establish that goal date. And in our years of working with people and helping them prepare for their registries, we find that 90 days is kind of like that magic number. Why do we say that, Lori? Well, you know, 90 days is is really the time that's required to effectively um, uh, prepare for your exam. And the main reason for that is you're taking your time to study, absorb that information, fill in the gaps. Even if you're the most seasoned sonographer, you know, you may know a lot and you definitely are doing an awesome job at your workplace. But what is needed in your day-to-day um, applications and clinical applications and what the uh, credentialing organizations think that you should know um, may be completely different. Mm-hmm. And you might not be in a workplace that gets a lot of pathology and maybe not the rare things. And so you might get the day-to-day com- most commonly seen types of pathology, but not some of the other things that maybe another healthcare facility, they get a lot of pathology and they see every kind of pathology possible. And that person who works in that environment is going to be a lot more prepared just on their own from their day-to-day experiences and someone that works in a in another um, department that maybe has a lower volume, not quite as much pathology, but it doesn't matter what type of workplace that you're in, you have to know all this information. And, and so 
that's what there is the expectation. So you know that there's going to be gaps in your education that's going to be needed to successfully pass the exam. And so it goes way beyond trying to memorize questions. You are a sonographer. You spent a lot of time learning how to do ultrasound and you want to be the best sonographer you can in order to provide the highest level um, quality of care. So it should be natural that you want to make sure that you're learning this and it's not going to happen in a two week time period. You know, those what we've found, we've been, you know, Gulf Coast has been around for, for 37 years and uh, we've been doing registry reviews for that long. And we've worked with thousands and thousands of people to help them successfully pass their exams. And the ones who are not as successful are those that try to um either rush their preparation too quickly. I don't have time for 90 days. I only have two weeks or whatever. Um, Anything you do in life, if you're trying to rush that into two weeks or a week or a few days, you're probably not going to be too successful. So you really have to just, you know, stop and say, I need to take the time to do this right the first time if I want to pass the first time. And that's where the 90 days comes in because it allows you to look at the content outline determine what your goal date is and break down this huge um, process that you're going through. There's a lot of information in the content outlines, regardless of what specialty that you're taking. And you can break that down into more manageable um, steps that you're taking to study through a 90 day period. And if you take that longer time period, then you're going to be more likely to absorb that and be able to recall that information no matter what type of question is presented to you. And so that's really the key part. And so, you know, that is our recommendation. We do believe that you should try to establish a goal date that allows you to spend the time that's needed to effectively prepare. We also recognize that that might not be possible. You know, your workplace might have a goal date for you that's maybe unrealistic, but that's what their goal date is. So you have to kind of adjust accordingly. But if you um, aren't under the gun by your workplace, then you should try to make a personal goal of stretching that out. It's going to cause you, it's going to help you to be less stressed. Your anxiety levels are going to be a lot lower. You won't have to worry as much about taking time away from your family or other personal commitments that help you to be happy and enjoy life. So you you don't want to put yourself in that situation. So if you have that goal set over a 90 day time period, you can do this and you can do it very easily without any um, negative impacts on your life and your day to day life. You can still retain some balance um, by by just structuring over a 90 day process. Yeah. And a lot of the experts who deal with test preparation or writing test questions, psychologists, they all agree that studying more than an hour per day becomes less effective. So if you're trying to accomplish this goal in less than 90 days, that's not really going to give you the opportunity to maximize your study time because you're going to have to study three, four hours a day, which we all know is virtually impossible in today's lifestyle. And 
that's not going to be effective studying unless you can break it up into one hour blocks throughout the day. So, you know, if you give yourself the 90 days, you just commit to one hour a day. I'm going to sit down and study in some way, shape or form for one hour per day. And it's just an hour. It's 60 minutes. Maybe you do it during your lunch break. Maybe you get up an hour early in the morning. Maybe you do it right before you go to bed. Whatever works for you. It's much more manageable to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to study one hour a day, six days a week, and I'm going to take a day off than to say, I'm going to study four hours a day for two weeks straight. I mean, you're just, you're going to have to lock yourself in your room if you want to do that. And like I said, the studying becomes less effective. So really you're putting in all this time and you're getting half of the outcome. And how is that at all what you want to be doing? That's not a motivating situation. That's not something you want to put yourself through. So it's better just to take the 90 days, spread it out, have a solid plan of action and just spend one hour per day. And that way, you know that that hour that you're spending is actually going to be meaningful and have a good you know, effect on your total outcome. Right. Absolutely. So we've talked about our 90 days. I think we've kind of hammered that down. So let's move on and talk about, you know, what information or resources do I need to successfully prepare for my exam? Well, Lori mentioned that you need the content outline because you don't know what you don't know. So you might be a vascular sonographer, you're working in a vascular lab, you're like, oh yeah, I'm good. But then you see on the content outline, thoracic outlet syndrome. Mm, no, I don't do those. Or you see some other vascular tests. Maybe it's abdominal Doppler and you're not doing abdominal Doppler in your facility. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, that, that content outline is going to tell you what you don't know. So it's really important to print it out, sit down, go through it and just make notes. Okay. This is an area I feel really good about. This is an area I know nothing about. And then that's going to kind of give you a little bit of guidance as to what types of resources you're going to need to bring on board. You know, if you already have some sort of workbook that you got when you were in school that helped, you know, you did your vascular ultrasound out of. Maybe you don't need another workbook, but you need something else to kind of address these gaps that you're recognizing on this content outline. So it's really going to help you sit down and decide what resources do I need to bring on board and what areas of this content outline am I really uncomfortable with? And that'll help you as well with your timeline. You're going to know, okay, this is a lot of content that I need to cover. I'm going to need those full 90 days or, oh, you know what? I know 80% of this, but that other 20%, not so much. So maybe I can cut my timeline down to 60 days and, you know, you can make those decisions based on what you're seeing. So it's really important that you visit your credentialing board's website, get that content outline and go through it. Absolutely. Well, you know, that reminds me, we kind of picking on the vascular society, uh, specialty, but, you know, a lot, there's a lot of times where people are doing some aspects of vascular, like maybe all they do is carotids and they want to get registered. And then they're like, you mean I can't just get tested on carotids? Yeah, no, you no. have to know peripheral vascular, you need to know arterial and venous and transcranial. They might be doing carotids, but not transcranial. And there's physiologic testing. There's all these different things. So whether you do it clinically or not is not the question. You have to know it all to pass the board. So, you know, that, like Tricia said, that's where those content outlines can be very, very helpful. And they can kind of um, help you to strategize how you're going to um, uh, prepare and how much time you need to uh, put in that. And then, of course, you're going to need to get your application and find out. Know your prerequisites. You'll be surprised Mm -hmm. how many people don't realize that they're actually not eligible for a registry exam. So it's important to look at your credentialing body's website and see what are the prerequisites that are required? What are the time? Timelines that are required. You know, there's also windowed exams. You don't even know if your exam's windowed if you're not going to their website and checking it out. So if you're looking at taking the, uh, I think 
it's the fetal echo is a windowed exam. So if you're looking yeah, in the MSK, if you're looking at that, you need to know that that's a windowed exam. There's a windowed application period. And then once your application is submitted and approved, there's a windowed exam time frame. So that's going to significantly impact your goal date and your timeline for preparing for all of this. So it's best to get all that information at the very beginning and know what you're dealing with. Right. You might have an idea of I want to get my boards taken by June, but then the specialty that you're taking, that's not going to, it's not offered. Like you can't just take it whenever you want. Right. You have to do it in a windowed time period and that's going to change your whole, the whole start process of your action plan. So, you know, start fresh from the beginning and know what you're dealing with. And those content outlines are updated. So you need to go back and make sure that you're studying from the most recent content outline. And another thing is COVID. It's thrown everyone for a loop. And the uh, ARDMS has made some significant changes and are now offering online proctored, you know, exams from home. So you can sit at home and take some of these exams. How are you going to know that information if you don't go visit their website? Right. Right. So get on that website and get all that information so you know what you're dealing with and how you can best prepare for, plan for and uh, study for your exam. Right. Once you've got all that information together and you've done your your due diligence and uh, determining whether you meet the prerequisites and, and when you can take your exams and what information that you need to know to be successful, then you can establish your action plan. And so that starts with, you know, what is your goal date? For taking the exam and then um, looking inside and internally and say, how much time can I um, actually uh, commit each and every day and each week and make sure that you're taking into consideration your obligations, not only from work, but family and some of your personal um, commitments that you have. And like Trisha said, you know, you we recommend the 90 days, but um, other other factors might play into that uh time time plan for your goal date. So look at that. And then you want to go back to your content outline and you're going to look at how, what is the information I need to know for this particular board. So if it's the SPI exam and there's um, a certain number of categories you have to know, then you look through that and I'm happy with this. I'm pretty sure I know most of this, but I've got four of the eight or whatever um, content areas that I'm not really that comfortable in, I know I'm going to have to devote more time to that. So you want to start and work backwards. You start with your goal date and you work backwards to determine how much time are you going to need to commit to those different areas within the content outline. And um, so that will that will basically tell you how many days that you need to commit to, to studying. And then you can plan that accordingly. Like, yeah. you know, I'm going to take three weeks for this first content area because I don't know a lot about that. But the next one I know, I'm like, really know this well and probably can get by with studying an hour a day for one week on this. So that's something that you have to individually decide. But the best way to do it is to set your goal, work backwards, and then you'll know at what date is your start date. And then you have to stick to that plan then. You have yeah. to know. Schedule, schedule it, it. Put in. it in your phone. Put it on your calendar. Write it down. And the best thing you can do is tell other people. Tell them what you're doing. It's just like any other thing you're trying to do. You're trying to lose weight. You're trying to quit smoking. You have to tell other people because those people will help hold you accountable to meeting your goal. And they'll also help you by 
maybe you're, you tell your mom. And so she offers to watch the kids every Saturday for a few weeks so that you can devote a couple hours to studying on a Saturday. Or maybe your husband says, you know what, I'm going to just take over the laundry and cooking dinner so you can come home from work and study. If you don't tell people what you're trying to do and how important it is to you, they don't know how to help you. So it's really important that you share this goal with those you're closest with so that they can support you and hold you accountable through it. Right. And identify your obstacles. So that's part of that. What Trisha's really leading to is that you're going to have obstacles. Everybody has obstacles that get in their way, no matter what you're doing. You just have to figure out how am I going to go over or around or under this obstacle to make, uh, make it possible for me to reach this goal. And, you know, it's just same thing with, I know when I get home from work, I'm, I'm, beat, you know, I'm tired. I'm, I want to just kind of sit down and rest for a little bit, but you know, I have my commitment that I have to get a workout in every day after work. And so I have to make sure that when I get home, I just go straight to my bedroom, change into my workout clothes and I leave the house and that way I can't sit down. And that might be what you need to do um, in preparing for your boards that, you know, you have to commit. And then once maybe, maybe you get home at five and everybody else in your family gets home at six, you got that one hour to yourself that golden hour and you need to just make it happen like don't even just set your purse down find go right to your spot maybe maybe you can even go for a walk and you can study while you're walking you know there's a lot of different um resources that you can do audio you know and maybe you combine two birds with one stone because you know when you go out for a walk for a walk just even if it's a 10 minute walk that that fresh air and just re-energizes you so you might need that you know, that helps me sometimes. I always say, I'm going to do it for five minutes. And after five minutes, I just dead tired, then I'll quit. But after five minutes, 99.9% of the times I'm already ready to keep going. So it's the same thing with the studying, you know, you just have to get, get going. And if you have your workplace where you're going to study, already organized, clean, everything there. And when you're done with one study period, you're ready. You just leave it there and ready for the next session. Then you don't have to spend any time even getting all your books together and things like that. It's just ready for you to walk in and do it. But if you need a little break first, you know, take a walk around the block, re-energize yourself, have some, drink some water or something and then get to it so that you have that hour to yourself. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking a lot about studying, 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 studying. Well, how do we know what resources we should be using? So, I mean, there's so many options out there for you guys. There's just numerous formats. And, you know, like Lori mentioned, we have audio, we have digital, we have print. There's just so much out there that you guys can use. So we're just going to highlight some of the big hitters that we know from our experience are helpful and work when preparing for your registry. And those include a registry review course, which you can attend virtually live or online. You can do like an online course. There's um, comprehensive workbooks. So a lot of people like to get the workbook because it's basically a succinct review of the information highlighting the most important things. And typically uh, those are written to the content outline, like ours are written to the current content outline and updated every three years or more often if needed, if the content outline changes. So you want to make sure that you're using resources that are up to date and match that current content outline. You want to use some flashcards if those are something that work for you. You know, I know some people are flashcard people and some people aren't. I personally like flashcards for the reason, and I like print, I don't like digital, um, because I can make piles. So as I'm going through my flashcards, I make a pile of, okay, I know this, this I kind of know, and then this I don't know. And I tell you, there's nothing more motivating and 
rewarding than watching those I don't know and I kind of know piles get smaller and smaller and smaller as my I know it pile gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's measurable success and that's what you need. You need those little wins on that weekly basis. So take those flashcards, take that ring off of them and start making those piles. And I think in no time you'll realize, wow, I do really look how much knowledge I have, how much command of this content I have and it becomes very motivating. And then finally, you need a good mock exam. You know, you don't go run a marathon without training. You also should not go take an exam of this caliber without training. And uh, test taking is a skill and it needs to be practiced, especially if you have not taken a test in a long time. There are uh, there's an art to writing questions and there's detractors and all sorts of psychological things that go on in a question that if you are not prepared for, it's going to cause you a lot of stress and anxiety and you're just going to freeze up on exam day. I can't tell you how many sonographers I've worked with who are amazing, competent sonographers who cannot pass a board exam because they don't have test taking skills. So these mock exams, while they're going to give you a good idea of your command of the content, they're more important for preparing for the testing situation. You have to be ready for that marathon. So I definitely recommend a good mock exam. Right. And and remember too, that um, you're going to be tested on the same concept a number of times. It's just going to be written in a different format. Yeah. So the question is going to be presented to you differently, but they're asking you for the same information about the same concept. So you have to, this is not about memorizing questions and answers, because if that's how you, your approach to preparing for your boards, most likely you're not going to do well. You need to understand, and you'll see that in our mock exams, we will ask the same concept in a different way in different questions, because there's different, there's different um, examinations. Right. It's not just one examination that's given to everybody. There's multiple different versions of the exam and some may weigh heavier on one area than another. And so, you know, you can't just memorize questions because you don't know what test you're going to get. You don't know what concepts that they're going to ask in different ways. So you have to You basically need to the reason for the test is to test your knowledge, not how well you memorize questions and of course, you all, you want to be the best sonographer that you can be, and you should know this information to be able to provide the highest quality of care. But it's in terms of your test, it's really important that you don't look at a mock exam as being your start and finish. And a lot of people do that. They're like, "Well, I'm on a I'm on a tight budget, and and so I'll just buy the mock I'm exam, buy and, the mock exam and, and I'll just go through that. And if I know all those questions, I should do well. Yes, you should do well, providing that you know the not you have. The knowledge of that content, not not providing that you memorize those questions because you don't know how the questions are going to be presented to you in the particular test that you get. And you also don't know if you're just buying a mock exam. You don't know when that mock exam was written. You don't know if it matches current content outlines. You need to know these things. These are questions you need to be asking when you're buying these products. You know, if you call us, we're going to tell you, yes, those mock exams are reviewed for quality and content on an annual basis and revised at minimum every three years, but more often when content outlines change. So you need to make sure that they're writing those test questions according to the current content outline. And 
you know, you also need to know how many questions does a content or does a mock exam contain? Because if it's only a hundred questions, well, that's definitely not a comprehensive mock exam. Mm. And you're going to see far more questions than that. And if all you're doing is going through and just memorizing those hundred questions, well, good luck to you. Cause if those hundred questions aren't on your exam, which is probably not going to be, you probably aren't going to fare very well, mm. you know? And like I said, I don't look at a mock exam as something that um, is a learning tool or even really evaluates my command of the knowledge. I look at it as something I use to train for the testing environment. So while you're going to evaluate your content knowledge in that process, it's more about being comfortable with the testing process, being comfortable with the wording of the question. How do I eliminate things? How do I look at the answers, the multiple choice answers and find the detractors, the things that are meant to throw me off? How do I answer a question I don't know the answer to? you know, educational or um, educated guessing strategies. This is all stuff that are tools to taking a test that this mock exam is going to help you train for. So that's kind of how you need to look at it rather than a comprehensive content review. Right. And also when you're looking at your mock exams, are, do you have unlimited access to that mock exam that you can do those questions as many times right. as you want? There's and a are lot they that randomized? are one and done, right? Yeah. You take it once and you're done. Right. That's Some, not helpful. Right. I mean, you may only get, you know, one to five times that you can do it and then it's, it's dead. You got to buy it again, you know? And so, you know, and can you randomize the questions, you know, right. so that you're able to not memorize them? I mean, that's the whole purpose. Like you said, we want to, we want you to learn and reinforce the information, you know, with our mock exams, but we randomize our questions. You can do them as many times as you want. You can also pick certain topics you want to cover. So it's, I mean, you really need it to be a tool in your tool belt, not your only tool. It cannot be the only source of uh, review that you do for sure. I do think it's important for people to realize that even though we recognize that everyone is on a tight budget and it's hard to maybe get a complete package. I mean, ideally, you know, you'd want a complete package where you can do a comprehensive uh, registry review course, whether that's a virtual conference or live or an online course that you have, you know, a a year's access to that you can go back over and over and over again. Um, And then uh, combine that with a workbook and then flashcards and a mock exam or one or the other, whatever way that you prefer to learn. But, you know, that ideally there's a, there is a progressive way of, of preparing that can be very, very helpful. And we understand everybody has certain budgets that they have to work within. But again, remember if you do it right the first time and you take the time, you invest the time that's required, don't wait till the last minute and procrastinate and then have to cram for your boards, then you know, you will do well and that investment will be well worth your time. But, um, the, uh, what we do see a lot of times is people will procrastinate. They'll wait to the last minute and then they don't want to spend the money. So they just get a set of flashcards or they just get a mock exam and then they're not happy with the outcome because they did not effectively allocate the time needed and they didn't, um, uh, you know, they waited too long and they didn't do the, the, the comprehensive method of preparing that you really need to do. And it really doesn't matter how long you've been scanning. If you're not registered, then you have to still go through that same process. 
you know, and it's funny. Um, I think a lot of this comes down to how you also uh, approach the exam, your attitude about taking the exam. You know, I know in the past I've worked with some sonographers who were forced to get their registrations, even though they'd been scanning for 30 years and they had a very negative attitude about it. They didn't see the value in it. They didn't understand why it was needed. You know, I've been doing this since ultrasound was invented. <laughs> I get that. And I know it's frustrating, but if you have that kind of attitude, it's going to be, make it really difficult to stay motivated and to really attack this process the way you need to. Instead of looking at it like that, why don't you look at it like, well, fine, I'll take this registry because I have command of this knowledge and I'm going to do well. And I just need to sharpen my, you know, my skills up a little bit. I, I haven't taken a test in a long time, so I just need to sharpen those skills. And then I'm going to go in there and I'm going to nail this thing because you do have the content down. You have been scanning all these years. You know your stuff, but you have to go and demonstrate that because your employer needs to prove that to the patient. You know, they need to show their patients that they're committed to quality patient care. And furthermore, we're seeing more and more places who are being affected reimbursement wise for having unregistered sonographers. So, you know, I know that it's kind of a tough pill to swallow, but I think your attitude is really going to set you up for success if it's a good attitude and you go into it the right way. So let's move on, Lori, and talk about, um, you know, how they're going to use these tools to start that study process. So we have our our packages, which we talked about um, briefly. We have our gold package, which includes that online course. Then they get a workbook and they get a mock exam with that. And then we have our silver package, which is just the workbook and the mock exam. And with those two, we include a comprehensive study guide. And so that's going to take you through week by week and tell you what you need to be studying. Right. You know, and then we have all the individual components. You can buy just the mock exam, just the flashcards, just the workbook, or just the online course or live or virtual registry review. It depends on what you already have in your tool belt, um, what you need to kind of add to that. And if you're somebody who's taken a registry review course before and then went and took your registry exam and failed it, I highly recommend you come join us because we're going to get you the products that you need. We'll talk you through it on the phone if you want us to. You just give us a call. We'll kind of make some recommendations based on your experience and what you currently have. And then we're going to invite you to join our Facebook group. Right. So we have a private Facebook group where we support, motivate, and encourage you all the way through this. We're going to give you great strategies on how to study, how to get this process started, how to set a goal date how to use each of these tools in your tool belt. And then we're going to also provide some content. You know, I share content on a daily basis, but I also go through and talk about testing skills, how to how to do those educated guessing strategies, how to handle a true or false question, how to identify a detractor and all those other things that nobody else is covering, nobody else is talking about. And like I said, it's great if you have a command of the content, but if you're not a test taker and this is something you haven't done in a while or you just know you're a weak tester, this is where you really need to put some focus and you need to really flex those muscles before you walk into exam day. So, you know, we're going to invite you to join our private Facebook group and we're going to be there every step of the way until you meet that goal. And then we're going to celebrate you when you do. Absolutely. And just keep in mind that that Facebook group is an interactive group. And it really is, um, has shown, we've been doing this for what, two years? Almost two oh, years. Yeah. June will be two years. And we've had a lot of people take advantage of this unique opportunity. It's not available anywhere else. This is a exclusive uh, Facebook group for um, Gulf Coast Ultrasound um, 
participants in any of our registry review products. And um, it's interactive. So it's all by being interactive, it's it's it helps to motivate you and and keep you going. And you're seeing what other uh, people are experiencing, uh, some of the challenges that they have and how they're overcoming them and getting getting feedback and tips and tricks from uh, Trisha along the way. And um, we have had an amazing response to that. And and um, this has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. And our our uh, participants are definitely doing well on their exam. So uh, I think that's really um, an added bonus to be able to participate in that kind of support group um, and can just be that little extra edge that gives you the ability to be successful. So, yeah, it's fun because I go in there, you know, each day we we specialize in different content. So for example, Mondays are physics days, Tuesdays are abdomen days. And I start the, the first post out of the day with, okay, it's week, whatever we're in. Like right now we're in week 10, we're wrapping up week 10. And I reference the study guide. Okay. Your study guide says you should be doing this, this, and this, and it's all based on our products. So I reference specific modules you should be looking at or specific, uh, you know, tools should be, you be doing your mock exam in study mode or exam mode. But, you know, we also break down some of the really tough content and give you mnemonic devices and little strategies to help you remember it, to simplify it. And I've gotten a lot of really good feedback um, from the the people who have participated that just breaking down those really difficult concepts is super helpful. Just like we use our four W's in an age, you know, which you'll have to go check out the webinar to get more information on that. But just that little tool for studying pathology, people are just like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it like that. And just breaking it down into the simple format has just proven to be so helpful. So, you know, I mean, I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who write these test questions, from program directors, people who teach students all the time. Plus, I'm blessed enough to work for Gulf Coast. They've been around for 37 years doing this. So I have a lot of experts weighing in and giving me um information, content, tips, tricks, all that kind of stuff. And I just take it directly to the Facebook group and share it with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a very valuable tool. And, um, I know that if you, uh, uh, take the opportunity and even, even though we structure that, uh, that Facebook group in accordance with our, our recommended 90 day study period, you can join in at any time. You do have to um, be utilizing a Gulf Coast product to be able to, because we're, that's how we're structuring the, structuring the group. But, um, but you don't have to do the whole 90 day, you know, you can join in whenever you want, but obviously join last week and we're in week 10, but I just tell them, you know, just start here, go back. Cause all the posts, you can go back all the way to day one when we began this group in June of 2020 and they can just kind of do their own thing for a little while. And then we start the group right over. So it's every 13 weeks, we just start from the beginning again. So you can go through the group three times if you want to. After your third time, I'm probably going to send you a message though and say, um, <laughs> why are you still here? And why haven't you taken your exam? So right. just be prepared for that too. <laughs> Absolutely. We kind of try to help keep you accountable so that you do meet that goal. That's right. So why don't you wrap us up with our All final right. step? So the final step is you've gone through this um, comprehensive preparation process and and uh, set your goals and you're, you're on target for that. And now you're two weeks away from your boards. And that is where you're going to stop studying. What? You're going to close those books, <laughs> put them away. You just blew everyone's and mind. I know. 
because the reason that we say that is because at that point, two weeks before you take your exam, that is when panic studying goes into play. And that is going to undo everything that you've spent all your time working towards. And so, um, that's at the point where you need to stop. You've done everything. You, you can be confident. You've done everything you can. You've utilized the resources that are recommended. You've devoted the time that's needed. You feel confident about what you're doing. It, don't let the, oh, no, the, the, the date's almost here, you know, cause you to go backwards. You are, you're right there. You're, you don't need to, all you're going to do is start questioning yourself. Yep. Just close the books, be done with it and know that you've done everything that you can and you're going to rock the rock the exam. I can't tell you how many times I've got messages from people in the group and they say, I I take my test next Saturday and I sat down and did my mock exam today and I'm freaking out. I didn't do well. And the first question I ask them is, well, when you sat down for your mock exam, what was your environment like? Were you in a quiet room? Were you free of distractions? Were you exam focused? Like, were you in a testing mindset? Well, no, I was trying to do it during my lunch break at work. So that's not a fair evaluation. And now you freaked yourself out. Mm -hmm. And here you are, you've got your test in like five days and you're, you're literally freaking out. So I just tell them, don't do that again. Don't take that mock exam again, because it's not going to help you. Instead, focus on, um, you know, managing your stress. You're going to walk into the testing environment and it's going to create a lot of anxiety and stress for you. How are you going to overcome that? How are you going to deal with that on test day? How are you going to deal with you open your test book and the, or start your test on the computer and the first question you don't know the answer to? Are you going to allow that to throw you off? Or are you going to say, mm, okay, I don't know, but I have educated guessing strategies. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to guess. I'm going to flag the question and I'm going to move on. Don't let that stuff derail you. And studying two weeks before your exam will do the same thing. It'll totally derail you, demotivate you, demoralize you, all of that stuff. You cannot do it. This is a psychological game at this point. And if you're continuing to study two weeks before your exam and evaluating yourself with mock exams and doing all of this stuff, after you know you've done this comprehensive process, you're just going to set yourself up for a lot of unnecessary stress and anxiety. So just put it away. Focus more on mindset, healthy habits, dealing with stress. Um, You know, maybe you need a little bit more of the test taking skills practice. So maybe you need to just be looking at educated guessing strategy information. How do I answer a true false question? What is a detractor and how do I identify that? If you're going to be doing anything, do that kind of stuff. You know, do your training for your exam. Just like I said, you, you know, you would you would still be running before your marathon. So just focus your energies on that stuff and those healthy habits and managing your stress. And I think you'll see that you'll have a much better outcome. Right. You need to go into that exam um, completely rested and um, being energetic and motivated. And so like Tricia said, you know, spend your time the last couple of weeks before the exam working on yourself, on your on your health, getting enough sleep, eating healthy, getting out, getting some fresh air, walking, whatever, getting some exercise, just to keep yourself in that motivated and energized mind mindset and being confident that you did put forth the effort. Now, if you didn't put forth the effort, then maybe you have reason to panic. But mm-hmm. that's the whole point of this, this uh, podcast today is to help you to establish those strategies um, so that you are going to be successful. And if you follow these um these recommendations, you are going to do well. You're going to pass that test the first time and um, 
hopefully you'll let us know about that. <laughs> yes, we definitely want to hear about it. So, yeah, I think we're kind of running out of time here. So we're going to wrap things up. But if you guys want to learn more about uh, the five steps to successfully passing your registry review exam the first time, go to GCUS.com and search for our five steps webinar. It is a free webinar. Um, it was hosted by Lori and myself. Uh, it was about two years ago that we put that together. So but it's basically a review of the same strategies we've talked about today with some additional information and specific um, information regarding our study resources. So I encourage you guys to check that out. And if you do end up purchasing a Gulf Coast Ultrasound Registry Review product, I hope that you'll come join me in that Facebook group because I really look forward to working with you to get you prepared and keeping you on that um, timeline that we've established and help you meet those goals and then celebrate you afterwards. Absolutely. So we thank you all for joining us today and um, we wish you the best of luck in your uh, preparations for your boards. And we look forward to working with you um, along the way and and then hearing back from you that you did successfully pass the exam. So uh, thanks, everyone, again for joining us and have a great day. All right. Happy scanning. Thanks for listening to the Sonography Lounge. Don't forget, if you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Sonography Lounge and Twitter at Sonography LNG. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, feel free to send an email to us at sonographylounge at gmail.com. Have a great week and scan, scan, scan.